Welcome to Motor Cult episode 49. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Zanitsky. Hello. Hello there. It's uh, actually not Elko, is it? No, this is not Elko. Well, um, it's someplace better. Yeah, no, this is um, Carson, it's Carson Crafts yeah. after party at Flat Earth Brewing. <laughs> so we apologize in advance for uh, the loud drunk people in the background. Well, hopefully you can hear us. I'm sure it'll be fine. We're using the same setup we uh, sent to California for Ryan and Jana, and also the ones we used for um, I think Proving Grounds, Grounds 1. Yep. Yep. And honestly, this is quieter than it was in that media center. So I, I'm sure it'll be fine. Levels look okay. so Yeah, they look fine. I'm maxed out once <laughs> on accident. So, so <laughs> let's talk about Elko. I mean, we both that, went down there. That was your first time ever experiencing any sort of NASCAR. Yeah, so I got invited down to Elko, which is a little paved oval track about 30 miles south of the Twin Cities here. Yes. Um, by a couple of coworkers, and I, you know, I've, I've driven by it for the last 15 years. My mother is a professor at the college just south of town there. So I, I mean, I've driven yeah, by the Elko. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've driven by the Elko Newmarket exit hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I've just never bothered to. Oh, I've I've been there plenty of times. I used to go there all the time as a kid. I'd go probably every other weekend with my dad. But you were saying the last time you went was before Obama was elected, right? Yeah, it's been a little while. <laughs> so, like, I mean, my my main memory of that is I was at Elko Newmarket the day that Princess Diana died. Oh my word! Yeah, like, wasn't that two thousand? No, that was like way before that. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I was there, and the uh, we had just left, and we were stopping by the. Um, I think it's called the In Game or whatever, the bar down the street from there. Oh yeah, yeah. My parents were stopping by there for a drink and stuff, and we saw in the news that Princess Diana died. The whole bar went silent. So. Wow, it's just like September 11th. Yeah, but you know, for England. Right. And because of a paparazzi. Stupid W140 didn't save her life. Well, yeah, and plus it was a uh, S320, so it was Ooh. like it was the plebeian model. It wasn't even a good one. Probably couldn't even go that fast. Come on. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how fast you're going as long as you're not wearing a seatbelt. It's still gonna suck. That's true. But um, yeah, how did you uh, feel experiencing NASCAR for the first time? Well, okay. Let me start off with the facilities. So I show up. It's way nicer than it used to be. I yeah, I have no doubt. I'm actually pleasantly surprised with the facilities. I mean, they look like they're about 10 years old, but pretty well kept. Yeah. Um, I knew they had installed a drive-in movie theater on site fairly recently, but I yeah, hadn't I seen that, it. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was going to be active tonight, but thank God it wasn't. Because I'm like, wow. That would be a terrible I know. <laughs> like, hearing those, like, 305s just, like, wheezing around the track, trying to watch, like, <laughs> as good as it gets. Or, I have no idea. Anyway, Crazy rich Asians. So it's like we, a, we pull in. Important scene. <laughs> get through... You know, a pretty average ticketing booth, pay the $15 admission, get in, um, get to the grandstand, all pretty nice, um, but it's it's freezing cold. I mean, oh, yeah, you picked super the wrong windy. Night. You totally picked the wrong night to go. It's the last night of the, the year, though. Yeah, so I, I think maybe you should go to get a good appeal, like feel for how like the track, the facilities are. Yeah. Probably go in like June or July. Well, I, I agree. Going yeah. in some, maybe not even that, but like maybe, maybe go in like early September. Actually, any time in the summer is good. Well, like, two weeks ago, it was hotter than I could tolerate. Not at night. Well, it was, it was like, fine. But, like, it would have been good two weeks ago. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been 70-something. Yeah. Anyway, so you were asking about the first, like, NASCAR experience. So 
the first I, I came during qualifying I came really early yeah you, you, you want to get there probably about like six o'clock again I know this now <laughs> but I didn't at the time so I forget what the little children's cars are called but those Ban, are uh, bandoleros 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 yeah. and I, I just wasn't sure what to expect so it was as, as far as I gather it's like a Kohler V-twin like lawnmower engine with a chain drive and a clutch on this little car and it's driven by like 12 year olds so I'm like okay is that well 12 to be... 14 okay. you get kicked out of Bandolero when you're 14 so you can only do it for two years yeah but then you go to those little midget cars so. okay those things are sweet okay so the next thing was those I don't know if you call them midget cars that, but... that is what they used to be called or okay. midgets yeah. so they're just a re- they're an altered wheelbase uh, I mean they, they look like vintage yeah, they're, 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 they're the cars that are based off like Model A's and like Model Double A's and stuff like that. Old Chevys, old pre-war body cars that are like really small and they have motorcycle engines. Yep. Yeah, they were coming on the... I, I, I will have to do some research. I'd love to know. It, they sounded like they were one liter super bike engines. Like 750s but, or one liter yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. moved pretty good. Yeah, they definitely did. They definitely don't weigh very much. And then, of course, we get to like the B&G body uh, like oh my red, God. redneck dad NASCAR so things. Slow. So we're that, talking that's like I, that's what I expect. And that that series, I'm curious what's going to happen to that the the B body car series because it used to be that you'd see way more. Like you used to see like Ford Zephyrs and like old like Cutlasses and stuff. Like, well, they probably have to level the playing field though. I I think what it is is the cars are drying up. Could you're, be. you're running out of them. It's like they don't exist anymore. As they're pounding around, I'm like, that is a lot of turbo 350s jammed into first gear or whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're like not shifting ever. They're just yeah. in first gear. Oh, yeah. I assume it's first. Maybe it's second, but I bet it's first. Probably first, yeah. I mean, yeah, they the tall axle ratio. I don't think they got over like 50. No, goodness. Dude, no. it was all the fun in the world. Though. Pounding around, just super loud, but going nowhere. And then uh, got a little video clip of that one G-Body with the glowing brake disc that you pointed out. Yeah, it was awesome. It wasn't G-Body. That was a, um, I think that was a Oldsmobile uh, 88 coupe. Yeah, I guess I don't know. But yeah, no, they, like, they were the, the brake. The brake disc was definitely glowing for lap after lap after getting yeah, on the, laps. Yeah, that, so. that was only about halfway through the race when it started glowing. But, I mean, the, the sights and sounds are fun. Even the spectator drags were okay. Um, I think on a, a hotter night, I would have stayed through the whole thing. And yeah, no, it's, fun. it's super fun. Um, I You know, last time I went, I was a kid. Yeah, I was probably, like, maybe 13 or 14, I think. You're probably older than that. It was, it was, like, right before Obama got elected. It was, like, the end of the Bush administration when I went. Wouldn't that be 17, then? Or 16? Yeah, you're right, about 15, then, yeah. 15 or so sounds about right. Okay. But uh, I never noticed that, like, every girl there looks like Pam Poovy. Oh, my God. And, like, every guy there, like... Mossy Oak salesperson. Yeah, every person has a Mossy Oak. I, I think I've seen every Mossy Oak sweatshirt in my life. And, um, I, I could, uh, of course, we came back up to the cities for this event we're at right now. Yeah, every everybody's beautiful. Like everybody's beautiful, Mike Harrison. I know. I look at seeing. I'm like seeing you're this beautiful man. <laughs> well, you would probably like to do that anyway. But yeah, man, if you want to reevaluate your standards, go down to Elko for a night and then come back up to any part of the city. I, I think my favorite part is I legitimately saw more mullets in the last 20 hours than I have in the last 20 years of my life. And how many is that? Three. <laughs> so we and have... I, I should add non-ironic mullets. So that like is an hipster. important distinction. Yeah. yeah, not a hipster with a mullet. So like, these are legitimately like... We've got 
the the first guy with the super attractive girlfriend. Yep, that one. And then we had uh, the, the old dad. We had the old the old white haired dude. Yeah, the really the grandpa, like Gandalf of Gander Mountain. Yeah, Gandalf of Gander Mountain. That's what we called him. And, and uh, there's a third dude. And there's that third guy that he played on a hockey team. Oh or something. yeah, that he was, was like he was by the bar. That was like a flawless mullet though. Like I would have rocked that. Like For that sure. actually. If Jana wouldn't let me, I would rock that mullet. <laughs> like, that was a great haircut. She, I could picture you with a mullet. Yeah, no, like, it wasn't a tasteless mullet. It was like, it was feathered and everything. It was, it was we really were, of the era. We were trying to determine what these people drove and also what their dream cars were. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the first guy, like, he drives a 97 Dodge Ram Magnum. Yeah. It, and this dream car was, what was that arrow? Uh, oh, it was a, um, a Pontiac Grand Prix 2 plus 2. Oh, my two God. 2x2. Which is like the Pontiac Grand Prix version of the uh, Chevy Monte Carlo Aero Coupe. <laughs> this, this hand warmer is so hot. Oh yeah, I bet it's the hand warmer saved your life. Oh man, that's great. Your fingers would have fallen off. I know, but no, I, I, but I'll go back down to Elko next season. Maybe I'll bring something fun and spectator drag. Probably not, but either way, no, I had a good time. But I'm glad to be back up in the warmth in the cities. It, it, it's definitely a change in demographic. Um, oh god, yeah. Like, if, if you want to experience, like, you'll, you'll understand, like, what the South is like by just going to any NASCAR event anywhere. I will have to say, real NASCAR is much better than that. But, oh, I'm sure. But the thing is, is it, it is a perfectly linear scale. Like, okay. there isn't a point, like, they don't, like, totally change demographic once you get to a real NASCAR race. No, I'm sure not. I'm sure some of the people there that we saw tonight will keep going on and increasing their classes and get to, yeah. like, the minor yeah. leagues. And, well, that's actually, that's that's the way it, it is. Because back in the day, like, back in the 70s, uh, Dale Earnhardt used to race at uh, Raceway Park in Shakopee okay. when he would come through town. And I think that was, like, I think he actually won a race where he got, a, like, champion in the point standing from that race. Which is kind of important. Uh, Raceway Park isn't around anymore, unfortunately. It's just down to Elko being the. I was going to say, I've never heard ba- of it. It's so. the last bastion of uh, NASCAR. But I mean, that's been there a long time, and it seems like it's pretty well attended. So I can't imagine that's it keeps going anywhere. Back. It's like the only source of income for the entire city of Elko. No, Park. no, because remember they have one cop now, and he's just having a fundraiser on the front of the road. Yes, that, that's true. I, Good God, fuck for, that guy. For the longest time, yeah, they didn't have police. I, it, yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. We, we saw the same cop pull out in the distance pull four people over. In the course of two hours. Every yeah. half hour he had, he had somebody new. It's just a prick. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Cars and Craft. So September, I think, was the, supposed to be the last show. Yeah, but now it's they extended September. it, right? They, they, they snuck in the last one today. And, uh, yeah, no, it's it's gone. Um, it's been pretty cool. I mean... We'll talk to Steve about it. Yeah, we'll get him on at some point over the winter, uh, or at least the off season, not necessarily winter. Yeah. But uh, you can tell it's a little chillier out because the tap room is very well occupied. Yeah, there used to be nobody in the tap room, and right. now it's like I kind of speak yeah. up. Yeah. Last last month, if we did this in here, it would be de- it would have been ghost town. Right. Dead silent. And yeah. now we've got live music and people and all this stuff. So it's it's a nice, you know, it, I like the the extra noise. Yes. But I don't like that the patio is closed. Although I wouldn't be out there. I feel like if they had, if they had like, heaters on the patio, or, like, yeah. braziers. Brazzers? Brazzers. That's a website that does porn. Not brazzers, braziers. <laughs> braziers are bras. No, B-R-A-S-I-E-R. B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. What's that? 
that's those are those uh, flaming like uh, cauldrons that they have goals in during the medieval era. Oh, for God's and you would put your your arrow in it, and make a flaming arrow. But nowadays, it's more common to have like a flaming like fifty-five gallon drum. That's what a, fi- a, a burning fifty-five gallon drum is called. Is it brazier? I'm actually. I'm actually okay with the patio being closed now. Why? Because I don't like your alternative. What? Heat? Heat sounds like a good thing. Uh, yes, but not that way. What, with, with fire? Yes. Do you not like fire? Fire? You're, fire? I love fire. You're going to have a bonfire tonight. I was going to, but I'm not sure if I will now. Well, I'm not going to go to it. Well, I might not either. We'll have to go to a concert after this. Oh, right. Because I hate myself. And dude, it's, it's a busy-ass day. God. I've been doing shit Can you believe Cars and Caves was this morning? Yeah, I didn't go to that. I know, but like it was this morning. I know. Fuck, it feels like it was yesterday. I slept over at the Motorplex last night because I didn't think I was going to be able to get home, sleep, and get back in time. Really? Holy shit, I thought I was busy. But yeah, so um, we should probably cover at least a little bit of news since we're doing Motor Cult, and after all, that's kind of what we do with some of our stuff. I guess. I mean, people pretty much know what this car show is, so... Yeah, so I mean, we, we've done it before. Yep. I was gonna take pictures. Of, I couldn't get my tripod to operate. Basically, it's a long story. You don't have time for it. Mainly, I don't have time for it or want to tell you. <laughs> um, I I accept. But anyway, uh, the first thing I think I want to cover. Um, so apparently, uh, Big Brother. I'm sorry, not Big Brother. I mean, I mean General Motors. That's the same thing. That's yeah, a same, same thing. Yeah, yeah uh, the, General Motors is actually from an Orson Welles novel. Okay. They're not a real car company. They're from an Orson Welles novel. May I ask which Orson Welles novel? 1984. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of figured, but I wanted to confirm. Yeah. So, anyway, apparently they've been taking customer data and sending it to marketing firms. What What sort of customer data? Are we talking like OnStar? No, like the, the kind of stuff you listen to on the radio, what, like, when you're listening to, like, satellite radio CDs, what you do. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, you have to opt, you opt into it, but it's still, like, a really gross thing. You opt into it? Apparently, from what I read. Okay, who would do that? What system? Is it? Is it part of, is well, it part of the, the OnStar app? That's the thing, is, my question is, yeah, I guess it's, it must be from OnStar or something. If, the, if you can opt into that, who's to say they're not just monitoring you all the time? Right. So if the car has the ability to monitor you, it's fucking monitoring you. Yeah, like, you just assume it is. So, if you ever are in your car and say, God, I really hate General Motors' build quality or something, suddenly your warranty's limited. Like, I just, I feel like it's, we're one step away from that. Volkswagen TD1? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm, I feel like it's just one step away from that. It feels really gross to me. So, are they, are they grabbing anything other than your, like, music listening statistics? Are they, like, mapping your braking forces and acceleration and speed well that's the thing is you don't know they're not officially though but you know officially volkswagen is passing emissions that's true so thank you West i, Virginia I, I don't i don't have any any faith that they're not you know basically stealing my information right but i mean if it's opt-in are people aware is it like one of those gigantic EULAs you sign when you That's get Microsoft? It's just I, I buried in like the OnStar nav agreement or something? That's what I'm thinking. It might just be that, where it's just like you have to go through a wall of text, and there's one line that says, hey, we're going to use your user, user data. Like, ow. It but, just, but then does it like have an asterisk next to user data, and then it goes to, goes on to define like anything? Yeah, that's the thing. Is That, that just feels very really weird to me. 
So the title of the article is GM Collected Radio Listening Data on 90,000 Cars. So I think you probably had to actually opt into it. And I, but that I, leads me to believe that it's probably nothing more than radio data. So it's yeah. not like, oh, this person breaks incredibly aggressively and routinely does a daily triple. But that's the thing is if they're collecting that data... And the link is there already. Yeah, the link's already there for them to collect that data. That's not the, I think it's it's not really the actual initial story that's got me worried. Okay. It's more what it means. Cause right. And GM vehicles, since like 06, I mean, they already have the ability for OnStar to shut off the car, basically, while you're driving. Exactly. And I don't like that. No, absolutely not. It's almost things. It's kind of like the whole net neutrality thing where we're supposed to just trust this big yeah. company. I don't know. A benevolent like, overlord, and it is not Carl Skozen. No, it's not. They're not benevolent at all. Or I mean, Bob Lutz. Yeah, they're they're not benevolent. These no. are these are really people that are out to make a buck, and yeah. they don't care about ultimately, the customer. Yeah, ultimately, it's profit. So yeah, that it's a profit-driven company, not a not a customer service-driven company. Correct. It's a publicly traded thing. It's designed to make money. I feel like you know maybe if it was Mazda or somebody like that, you know, frankly. Fiat to a lesser extent, I'd be more okay with it. Yeah, but it's just I, I don't know. I have very little faith in General Motors, and this just hurts it's me a, more. I, I like the the '84 reference because they do feel like they the feel, big brother. They, you know, they feel like one of those companies you see in a sci-fi movie, like Star Wars. They'd be Circa Corporation, or if it was it really anybody from any 1984, any Orson Welles movie. What was, I was trying to think of it, um, there was a really good series that was on Netflix, and it had like a benevolent overlord company too. Like Altered Carbon or something? No, I should probably not even talk about it, so I'll never remember the name of it, but, or like the Umbrella Corp and the... the yeah, Umbrella yeah. Corporation's a perfect example, yep. yeah. So, I, I that, that kind of irks me. I mean, there, there's been stories on stuff like this. I remember five, six years ago, I saw a story about uh, somebody that had hacked the tire pressure monitor system and could remotely get in and, like, turn off the computer, the engine computer of the car through the TPM bus That's in ridiculous. an adjacent vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. you could authenticate through this module and, like, shut off parts of the CAN bus in somebody else's car. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous to me. And that should not be possible. No, and it's one of those things where nobody really talks about this. Like, we barely talk about this with home computers. Yeah. But with this stuff, you know, in cars, you know, this has been a conversation in, like, tech junkie circles about, you know, smart, you know, right. home appliances. But, you know, the thing is, you're not driving your refrigerator 70 miles right. an hour down freeway. And we're locked out of being able to effectively drive our smart devices, too. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, in a car, I mean, all this technology is actually good, but if we can't get under the hood and shut off the shit that we don't want, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, the same thing with smart home devices. They can, you know, commandeer them and treat them as, like, headless DDoS devices and things like that. For the longest time, I was, um, I've always, like, when I've been talking to my techie friends, like, non-car people friends, I explain why I'm into cars. I explain it that's closer to a gaming computer than it is to an appliance. Technically, a gaming computer and a car, those are both appliances. Yeah, technically speaking. And, uh, yeah. Technically speaking. But the thing is, is they're more than that. They're very customizable and personalized. personalized. 
and they, they give you an experience that's, that's your own. Right. It's not your refrigerator. Like, you don't get, like, any sort of excitement from your refrigerator. The food itself, yes. And the beer. Yeah, and your beer. But, like, your refrigerator, it's a thing that does a job. Correct. A car is not just that. But for a lot of people, it is. And that's all it is. And those are the people that need to be in self-driving cars to get off the fucking road. Yes. And I think... Because they're currently in CUVs. Those are the people that also buy Dell computers. And the same. Do they still make consumer computers? Supposedly, I don't know. Okay. I don't care really. I thought they kind of really settled on just being a server. I think I, I don't know what they are now, but anyway, it's like it's that same thing where it's, it's people just don't care. I know, and those people, like I said, they're driving CBT CUVs. Yeah, exactly. And it, I, you know, I was actually I was watching um, a big think video with Nick Offerman, and he said that it's. You can go about life two different ways. You can go about your life just cruising through it, taking the easy path. Yeah. And we live in a society where it is possible to cruise through life, taking the easy path, going with your automated refrigerator that tells you when your food expires, drive your automated car, go on your automated computer, and not really do anything yeah. but be fully entertained the entire time. Or you can actually make something in your life and actually have a passion. And it's the, the thing is, is for people with a passion for cars not be able to have control of your car, Yeah, that's the issue at hand. That's true. Um, I think there, there probably aren't a lot of people out there in the world that don't have any passion about anything. Well, you but know when I mean, it's, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People, people like it's go through life. It's placed in just a completely yeah. different, yeah. People and, like go through life not, you know, getting super excited about things right. and not really having, like, their thing where they're... Um, you know, they're one, like, kind of, like, big, you know, thing. They're passionate. Right. Like, you can have people that, like, I guess, I'm not going to say are not passionate. Maybe passion's not the right word. Right. But I'm going to have to find a better they word. They might be, you know, just more dabbling and not really settling. Casual. Them. Yeah. Casual people. There, yeah. there are definitely people out there that... Are just casual about everything. They don't, yeah. They don't, they don't have anything that they, like, just focus on. And that's the thing. Is, like, for people like that, it's a minor issue. It's an issue, right. but a minor one. But, I mean, for the people around them, it is a major issue. Exactly. So, That's entirely it. Um, I don't think we're ever going to solve that until we get them into appliance, genuine appliance vehicles, which are something they don't have control of. Yeah, like a Johnny Cab from, yeah. from Total Recall. God. Which you found out how well that worked out. So. Yeah, when he goes fucking crazy and tries to run somebody over. Apparently, pay your cab fare if you have a Johnny Cab. Exactly. <laughs> or if you have an automated car. Which is basically what CBTs are. Yes. Did you know... Okay, so we're so used to CBTs now. I swear, like, half the companies that sell cars right now offer a CBT as their... Either their main automatic or as at least their volume automated Yeah, which is, is fine, because, I mean, I, I guess, for people that really don't care. And Actually, it's not fine at all. I hate CBTs. I hate CBTs, too. Um, and the modern one, it's actually a pretty simple device. It's basically just two opposing cones with friction material on them and then a steel belt that runs between them on a variator. Yeah. But did you know that CBTs have actually been around for like 60 years? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, I, no, uh, Subaru, um, they were the first people to mass market a modern CBT. They had, it, yeah, they had back a in, long the, time in the Justy in the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. The ECBT or whatever they call it. Yeah, them. the ECBT, yep. And. Back in the 1960s, GM apparently developed a transmission called the Turbo Glide, which used a pair of torque converters 
to like infinitely vary the speed. Like they used variable lockup. It's it's really. I should almost post a link to this this video on this transmission because it's one of those like 1940s. You're like. The new GM Motocar for 1942 <laughs> is a fabulous piece of engineering. It's one of those videos, but the Turbo Glide. Oh it, my God! Look at that logo. It's it's really <laughs> fabulous. So I think I mean this obviously came along just after the Power Glide. Mr. T. This video is probably really good, but I, I do kind of wonder why why they settled on the configuration that it is today. I mean, it has to just be a little bit more efficient. I think it's probably it's probably more efficient. It's probably a little bit lighter, easier to produce. I didn't think about the light factor, but this wouldn't have any wear except for like breaking down the fluid. Is it literally just uses two fluid couplings and then like lock solenoids to configure the? Speed, I can tell you right now, planned obsolescence. It, oh. will, it will never break. It, that's true because the power glide actually had clutches in it, and that never breaks. Yeah. And this would be even less failure prone. Yeah. All right. That's why we never got the turbo glide. Yeah, because it, it it will never break. And actually, no. That's for the longest time. That's why they made you know cars the way they did, like with yeah. port gaskets, because they had nothing in the market that used a metal or a, a MLS or even a paper gasket. Yeah, that's true. So they had no reason to innovate. I actually bought some new old stock gaskets from the 2002 after I bought it. Yeah. Half, half of them are cork. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, hopefully those work. They do. For I a mean, bit. yeah, but I just I, I, for like valve covers, it makes sense because for something that you have yeah. like a manually adjustable uh, valve assembly in it. Like you're be taking that gasket on and off and having to junk them all the time. Make the cheapest possible one. Pretty much, but I mean, I haven't had that much luck with like rubber gaskets, and like cork, I feel like is a little bit. It's got a little more give to it, so it fills it, in a little more. It does fill in a little bit more, but the thing is, it is more failure prone. But why or how? How? How is it more failure prone? Because if you actually look at how cork is made, chunks of it can split off. Oh, great! Because if cork is actually it's a bunch of little round like things, tubes, yeah, tubes right? basically, yeah. and so if that. Like in between those tubes, it breaks down enough. Oil gets around it. Oh, That's great. how they fail. Cool. Yeah. Fucking oil. Cool. But, Sorry, it gets around everything. <laughs> yeah. No, it really does. <clears throat> huh. So there's something I do want to talk about. This yeah. is um, speaking of automatic transmissions, a brand that's automatic only. Tesla. No, they don't have any automatics. They're just straight transmissions. They do not have any transmission. Good point. Um, engine to wheel. There you Motor go. to wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Motor calls. Whoa! Yeah. Full circle. All right. Yes. Uh, I you, assume you want to talk about Elon Musk. Yes, he's, <laughs> good. he's getting sued by the SEC. Oh man, for fraud, right? Well, yeah, that's what happens. You get really high, and you go and say 420 is a magic number to buy my company out, so you go back to private, and he doesn't talk to anybody about that. Makes perfect sense. The problem is, holy shit. There's a real chance that Elon Musk could lose his job at Tesla. That would kill Tesla. I'm not so sure it would, but it would definitely, I mean, losing the the main visionary, I mean, it would definitely completely change the direction that Tesla's headed. Yes, it would. And I feel like Elon Musk reminds me a lot of uh, Henry Ford. Okay, yeah. With this. Because yeah. Henry Ford He's went... cocky as fuck. Henry Ford went through a ton of issues... I mean, he wasn't a good guy by any means. I, neither is Elon Musk, but I feel like he's more of a necessary evil. Yeah. 
because I, mean, I feel like the, a lot of the movers and shakers in the passive society are, are that way. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Most most very innovative people are dicks. I was gonna say most this effective people I know are dicks. Lady with brown hair over here is too fucking loud. The one against the wall? Yeah. Holy crap! Is she loud? Oh yeah. And she has a shrill voice, like. And she's lady, like, she's a shut off. Maybe a six at best, probably a five. <laughs> So, just so you all know. I can't comment on that. <laughs> uh, Burger says she's a six at best, probably a five. That, so That's what that's Burger But anyway, said. yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if A, they dethrone Musk, B, if they can him from all involvement in the company. Well, the thing is, it will be from any company that's publicly traded. Oh, wow. So, if, he gets, if, if the SEC wins this lawsuit, yeah. that means that SpaceX and the Boring Company will not be able to go public. That's pretty significant. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Like, that would ruin his life over a tweet. Like, I'm sorry. Like, okay. So how how does this happen to Elon Musk and Trump is like totally cool? You know, I'm wondering that myself. Yeah, because the amount the amount of tweets that are on that level that have I, come out of it's Mr. A Orange. Regular thing. I know. I know. So it's riddle well, it's, me it's that. Not, it's not only that, but it's like just like a lot of the shit that Donald Trump's gotten away with. Like just historically, yeah. Like, and if, you, like if how you, how do I get that like diplomatic immunity? It'd be yeah, great. what the hell? Like, I don't. Elon Musk, I feel like is um, he's guilty, yeah. But like, is he that guilty? I don't think so. Is it? Is what he did unexpected in any way? No, no. And but the, people, the question is: Is what Donald Trump does any day ever unexpected? No. Not really. And I think that's why they're... I think Elon Musk will get through this. I think so, too. And I hope he does, honestly, because... I mean, I, I kind of... I like the direction that Tesla's currently going in, so... I, well, he's one of those guys... You know, I, I'm more curious about what he will do over... Like, just for humanity, over who he is as a person. It, it's a morbid curiosity. It really is a morbid curiosity. But it's like a, it's a positive thing. It's yeah. not like trying to watch a dumpster fire like Donald Trump. But it's it, it's honestly like he reminds me of somebody like Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Where if left on his own, I feel like he really can change the course of humanity. Because a lot of us have these ideas, yeah. but we don't have the money to implement them. This and he just guy. like decides to go do it, and then he has worries the about money. the ramifications later. He has the money to make it happen. And like just like figures out uh, as he goes, and I absolutely love that about him because that's a, that's what motor call is. We figure out as we go. Yeah, like that shit we just talked about. That isn't even on the show notes. No, our show notes consisted of talking about Elko and yeah. then talking about the GM transmit or the, the turbo GM radio glide. thing. Yeah. No, not even the turbo glide. That the turbo glide either. was on there. Oh, was it? Yep. But I mean, I feel like winging it is it makes it more topical, and then it's more it just bringing it to motor call. I guess it's. The, the banter is better. That yeah, way. I think so. You know, well, you know, linking it more to the company side thing. You, um, if you have a plan, yeah. a very strict plan, one wrench will totally fuck up everything. Yeah. If you have a vague idea of what you're trying to do, if you're going in a direction, yeah. you're gonna get there. Yeah. If your highway is closed and you're trying to get there and you don't have an exact timeline. 
you're going to get all the best side roads. Yep. And that's, I feel like what Tesla... Or figure out if your car can clear a curb and go down exactly. some grass. Exactly. <laughs> that's what MotorCult does. I feel like that's what Elon Musk does with his company. Did you just compare MotorCult to Elon Musk? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that one's... Okay. It's a weird comparison, but I've made weirder. Oh, definitely. I'm not, so, I'm not even trying to touch that, but... But yeah, I think uh, I, don't know, I, I just I want I more than think I want Elon Musk to be to succeed through this. He'll be fine. Yeah, I think he's gonna be okay. I hope he's gonna be okay. Cause really, you know who else I hope's okay? Who? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, I hope is okay. I really hope he's okay. I really hope Val Kilmer's okay. But I I really want Elon Musk to like actually make it through this because I feel like there's more more to humanity that Elon Musk does. Yeah. Than your petty like what how you feel about. Yeah. It's kind of like Thomas Edison. I don't like Thomas Edison. Would I have gotten in his way? No. And he did some good shit. I mean, he did, but... And he also electrocuted an elephant. Yeah. Which is horrible. What a a prick. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you have to deal with a prick to advance, you know, all of humanity. Some people get the raw end of the deal, and some people come out, you know, way high, so... Yeah. And the question is, are you going to be the elephant? Hopefully you're not. If you're the elephant, probably he's gonna suck a lot. Actually, I just made the case for why Elon Musk is having a hard time. Please don't be the elephant, Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah, I want Elon Musk to actually make it. I think, um, wow. but no, I think I think it's a good good uh, episode. We're in a bar; it's questionably loud in here. I don't think people want to listen to people yell over us any more than we need to. Right. So I think. Uh, we're still like 35 minutes. It's fine. 35 minutes. Do, do, is there anything else you need to nah. bring up immediately until next week? Nope. So are we going to do that uh, E3 episode next week? Yes. I don't know if it's going to be the first or second episode. And then I've actually got uh, Molly and Tyler booked on October 13th from the Cannonball. Okay. Cool. Whatever. So they're going to be on. But they're coming 2.30. So it's going to be like a late second episode. That's going to be really weird. Yeah. So... Well, I'm going to get... Um, we'll either have to start episode one late on the 13th and just sort of wing it or waste some time. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. But they are, they're booked for 2.30 on the 13th. So Maybe we can get in like a German economy car or a Japanese car episode or something. something. Do like one themed episode before. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, John Har is coming um, next week to do the E30 episode where we're going to run down what I think is BMW's most important 3 Series chassis ever. Oh, I completely concur. I th- I'm going to try and get the scene on after that. So. Fuck, we're yeah. Ha- we're going to have a star-studded week yeah, <laughs> next week. Cool. No, well, I mean, well, once we start getting into winter, we'll start actually having time guests. to reach out to the guests again. Yeah. And most people still, I mean, they're, they're always receptive and happy and excited to get on, but we just don't have time to reach out to them. Right it, now, yeah, so. it's just it's entirely a matter of timing. So. Alrighty. Anyway, well, thank that you very good. much for listening. And, and on the I bombshell will... of Elon Musk not being an electrocuted yes. elephant. Yes, <laughs> on, that is our bombshell for the episode, I think. On that bombshell, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. See you guys on Saturday.